previously on Elite Week. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Me, I'm just a good man. Well, I'm all right. He's not the first psycho to hire us, nor the last. You think that's a commentary on us? In time of trouble, forget common sense. Forget the force. Do what you goddamn feel like. If it don't work, one thing's for sure. You ain't gonna be around to regret it. This is the way. Chris. 
Hello, hello, and welcome to Elite Week Galactic Water Cooler with our special guest, Boss Lady B and WK Jez. This is the show for Friday, December 18th, 2020. I am your host, Kai Zen, and it is time to crack open another Dragon's Milk. Keep this going. Woo! With me, as always, is my main man, the Canadian with the mostest, my exo. Say hello, Roy. Good evening, everyone. Happy Friday. Yes, yes. And we have Tactical Officer tweaked in the house. Say hi. Good Friday night, everybody. Uh, buckle up. We've got some fun things to talk about. Hell yes. And on tech, we've got the science officer, Arson Cross. Say hi, Arson. Good evening, everybody. Let's get this started. Absolutely. And we've got special guest, Boss Lady B. Say hi. Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. And WK Jez. Say hello. Greetings, everybody. Yes, yes. All right, so let's get right to it. <clears throat> we're going to change the format of the show a little bit here. Tonight, we're going to just cover... There's a lot of new stuff. We're going to cover just that. We're going to skip <clears throat> a lot of the other things. But I kind of wanted to also mention that I think we're going to be going forward, changing the format a little bit. So I would definitely love feedback from people after you hear this episode. <clears throat> Our goal is to make it a little shorter and to sort of focus more on the elite stuff and kind of, I don't know, get more to the meat of it instead of having a, a longer episode. So <clears throat> give us feedback. Tell us what you think so we can make changes and whatever looking to go forward. Um, on tonight's show, I definitely do want to call out, though, congratulations and happy anniversary to Elite, who this week hit six years for Elite Dangerous. So big salute and mazel tov to y'all. Uh... In addition to that, <clears throat> we've got all kinds of stuff. We've got the AMA. We've got the Dev Diary 3. We've got the interview that came after and all kinds of stuff about the Christmas stream. Uh, we've got some information that will blow your mind about this new outpost and, and some other things as well. So all this and more, stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. 
If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. Absolutely. All right, guys, <clears throat> let's get right down to it. Uh, it feels weird to not be announcing about the Pulse Wave Analyzer, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, that's that. That's a thing that happened. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> so, after 99 days of the Pulse Wave Analyzer being a thing, being broken, uh, it got fixed, which was super, super interesting. Um... Huh, how much do I get into about this? Eh, let's take a big drink and then get into it. So, on last week's AMA, uh, not this week's, last week's, I, um, <clears throat> uh, how do I say this? I sort of, or the week before, I, um, I think I kind of pushed it a little bit and, and put it out there for everyone like, hey, this has been going on for three full months. There's no excuse for this at this point. Uh, as far as like, if it's a serious problem and you can give us details about what's going on, but there's no excuse for us to have just, we're looking into it as the answer after three full months. So like, it, that needed to be addressed. And so I did, I, I brought it up and I very clearly pissed off the team who responded back to me like, we don't even know what's going on. Um, we'll, you know, we'll look into it or whatever. We're working on it, but game dev is hard and COVID. And uh, huh. I feel like the week after that, <clears throat> if you were to sort of pay any attention to the, 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 the tone of conversation in the community, I saw multiple uh, content creators basically saying like, yeah, this has been going on for three full months. And at this point, it's sort of embarrassing that we don't have a better answer than that. And I feel like I saw that on the streams in the comment section. I saw multiple people like, hey, this has been going on for three months. We deserve a better answer. And I saw it on the forums. I pretty much saw it everywhere. And lo and behold, a full week later, it goes from we have no idea to what's going on to oh yeah it's fixed and like <sighs> i feel like i took a hit on that with personal capital with frontier but like i think it's also fairly clear that it seems to me like they picked it up and got right into it and uh it's fixed so i guess we'll take a cheers to that we'll do a little victory lap for the whole community that that is back up and running <clears throat> it has been tested uh it 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 works so that is good uh does anybody have anything you want to okay go ahead tweet yeah I, I just thought it was very odd timing i've been on record saying it's gonna get fixed i thought it might have to wait until odyssey dropped but then in last week's stream i think it was arthur that said listen we don't even know why it's broken yet this is very hard everybody's working from home we don't have any timetable for this and then in the blink of an eye it's oh there's a patch coming out to get it fixed so that was a little confusing to me it seems almost as if somehow some 
way the 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 narrative changed and it became a thing that they suddenly had to address and when they had to address it it got addressed pretty damn quick so all right arson hop in and then we'll move on to the next thing because i don't want to dwell on this too much go ahead yeah i was just gonna say in the the software uh development world as a programmer myself sometimes when you do find something and find out what the cause is the fix is super easy but finding it's the problem and it could have been that they've been hunting it and hunting it and only just found it okay could be sure all right <clears throat> but it's fixed now congratulations to everyone i would definitely like to see frontier come back and do another balance pass maybe look uh with regard to and 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 you know i think there's an excellent chance for them over the next three or four weeks because they're they're done for the year. Frontier is done. There, there's going to be nothing else sort of going on for the next little bit. Um, so I would expect to like this is a perfect opportunity for them to gather some data and see, OK, now that it's actually working. What are the numbers look like of of core mining versus laser mining and actually with real data be able to get some meaningful whatever and 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 do a good job with that so <clears throat> this is the perfect opportunity and when they come back in the new year i would very much like to see maybe another look at like okay how is this balanced internally with regard to the different types of mining why well, i know that i think they feel that they got mining where they want it to be compared to, or at least the first wave compared to combat, compared to this, compared to that. I'd like to see them look a little bit more into mining. All right, tweaked real quick, but then for sure we're going. Yeah, I was just gonna say, do you think that mining, that the prices are off right now or something? Cause I, I seem to feel like it's pretty fair really with the core mining paying out more than the laser mining. It seems pretty balanced to me right now. I mean, I think we'll have to see. It's a matter of, I don't think that it's wrong. I just think that they balanced it based off of not having information and now they have information. So I, I'm not critiquing it saying it's bad. I'm saying, who knows? And now that they have a chance to look, maybe they can sort of give a better answer or maybe it's a perfect answer right now. We'll see. All right, let's move on to the next thing, which is just on Thursday, just yesterday, came online the new outpost at the top of the galaxy and <clears throat> we didn't cover it last week it was a thing that was niggling at my mind in the back of my head it was just kind of it was there and it was just poking me saying like hey this is a thing how come nobody's talking about it but i was like we're busy we're we're talking about this we're running over on time never mind we'll let it go and i figured well somebody's gonna catch it and then another so two full weeks of coverage have gone by and last week nobody caught it i knew it but i didn't say it because we didn't have time and then this week nobody caught it uh lave radio loose screws hutton you know content creators nobody caught it so let's talk about it real quick this new outpost that's being put out it's being put out by a guy named zach rackham and Okay, what do we know about Zach Rackham? Does anybody, let me ask real quick, does anybody remember, and those of you who I've told the answer to, so you've seen it, obviously don't answer it, but if you really remembered on your own, does anybody remember, does anybody click on Zach Rackham? Anyone? Before my time. Okay. 
Same. All yeah, right. No so, <clears throat> so going back to last year to 3305 or in Earth, you know, times in IRL 2019, last March, April, and May ish, like ending in May, but it was a it was an ongoing storyline that went for like five or six different Galnet articles for the course of like three months last year ending in may there was a series of articles where basically it was uncovered that rackham capital that is for and and uh i clipped them and put them in in the channel for arson and he's just put them up on the screen zach rackham is a pirate lord who was using rackham capital investments to launder his pirate lord fucking money into like oh well we're gonna you know launder the money and make it clean and you know i'm gonna sort of go legit so he's basically like a, a mobster who's laundering his money and there was this other mobster or pirate lord in this case named uh her name was taja gavaris and she basically tried to muscle in on his scheme uh, and she murdered his second-in-command, who is his chief financial officer. And then she had, like, a minor seat on the board. She murdered his CFO. And then while he was away on a trip somewhere, I, I would assert doing Pirate Lord-type stuffs, she had the board vote her in as the CFO. And tried to sort of with do a hostile takeover from within the company as a as a uh shareholder slash board member and arson is just putting up on the screen like there's a series of like five or six articles on this where this pirate lord sort of got outed and in the end there was a series of corporate wranglings slash murders back and forth between Zach Rackham and Avara, whatever the fuck her name was, Tava Taja Gavaris, that uh, ended with Zach Rackham like outing her and then getting her like out of position and then eliminating her from as a threat i forget if in the end she was murdered slash died in a horrible accident of murder or if it was like i don't know if she got epstein or if it was a situation where she got arrested or whatever but and then in the end he was like okay he was the guy that was back in control of rackham capital but he was like now a known pirate lord so it was like well this is awkward and then the federal the federal version of the federation's version of like the fbi their internal security they were like uh there was a like a newspaper uh reporter who was like he's a known pirate this is here's all the proof or whatever and then the federal version of the fbi stepped in and said like oh no 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 he's completely clean everything's fine we've investigated him he's completely kosher there's nothing to look at here Oh, yes, of course, he's a huge donator to us. And uh, he's on our board of, like, citizen assistance or whatever, where it's like, 
Yeah, he helps out with our pensions and whatnot. He's completely fine. Nothing to see here. Everybody move along. So the point that I'm making is that Frontier has maneuvered it such that a pirate lord just set up a colonia at the top of the galaxy and no one's mentioned it. And to me, that's kind of like, holy shit, that's cool. This is awesome storylines going forward. I don't know where they're going with this, but I am super happy along for the ride. So let's start with Roy has a, a something to add on this subject. Go for it, Roy, while I take yeah. a drink. Yeah, when I heard the the backstory, and thank you for filling that in, I, I hadn't heard any of that. Um, uh, what it what it made me think of is our conversation last week around uh, when we were talking about crime and punishment, and I, I brought up mm. that, uh, in in uh, Ultima Two they had this yes. pirate island where you could go to to get all the, the cool stuff. stuff. Yeah. And if this turns out to be like a pirate bubble, that would be super awesome. There's so many possibilities. That would that. be awesome. Do, so no, you're you're totally right. What if they put an engineer there that makes fucking awesome stuff, but like you have to go into the pirate lord area to get it, or yeah. crazy good trade deals, or like they offer you amazing amount, like whatever void opal prices, whatever. But you got to go into the danger zone to get there. Boss lady, you got something on this? I was thinking along the same lines what you were talking about about kind of the, the <sighs> anarchy systems, the pirate systems, but. As an mm -hmm. explorer, it is a really cool incentive for people to get that far up. And I've been seeing a lot of people this week head up there and get those amazing views. And if there's this crazy storyline going on, there's going to be even more of a reason to kind of head way up off of the galactic plane. Yeah. Now, I want to be clear. To date, so far, that isn't showing officially. That There's not anything of the story whatever what there is of the story is that zach rackham for i mean completely legit business purposes totally not a pirate is looking for massive amounts of alcohol to be delivered up there so they're right now they're paying crazy fucking prices for alcohol deliveries you know because that's what corporations do arson <laughs> Everybody get your drink on. Um, I, I love oh, hell yes. <laughs> love the idea of that being kind of like a little pirate bubble, and that's where you know some of the most deadliest piratey kind of equipment that you want for feeties uh, happens to land. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, there's also a slight bit of satisfaction that gankers ain't wanting to go out there to gank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, here's the thing, like it's it's i feel like they're laying the groundwork for something in the future and it could be three months from now it could be six months from now but or, or it could be a week from now they're laying the groundwork for something to happen out there and i think it's really neat if as roy was saying if there became a sort of pirate island if there was a pirate colonia where like they had power and ruled shit and there was cool stuff out there and we as players were were drawn out there to go out there to to access a certain engineer or to access a certain thing some if we had some lure some piece of cheese out there and the the pirates and gankers and and whatever that was their area like i i don't know i think that's very very cool jez yeah so one thing with this and this is came from from commentary on my stream is that people have often said they like the idea of well heck why could we not start 
our accounts in Colonia, why could we not start our accounts in the bubble and have their choice? I think it'd be cool if they went all in and actually followed that concept. And if you wanted to kind of be like the pirate, that would be a good place where you could start having these mini mm. bubbles, you know? Mm. But one thing that does concern me is if these ideas do come through that you can get all this cool stuff in this area, they can't make it like power play in the sense that you go, you do it, you're gone. I think there has to be some kind of long lasting commitment to be able to keep and use this stuff if that's what they do. I I agree that could be I mean so here's the thing they haven't shown us a system yet this is literally I, as far as I know I'm the only person that's tripped to this I haven't heard anybody else talk about it out loud so like maybe as things go forward the story could play out any number of different ways and you're absolutely right Jess it would be sad if it turned out to be a one and done but if it turned out to be an ongoing thing where it was a thriving sort of, uh, what is that that they call it? Uh, not exigent, uh, something gameplay where like players make it as emergent, emergent, emergent gameplay. That could be fucking awesome. Tweet. Yeah, well, uh, that's what I was going to say. If it's uh, like, like what Roy was saying and it's paying high prices for everything, you're going to have a steady stream of people getting up there. And then to argue Arson's point, if there's a steady stream of people going anywhere in this galaxy, the gankers will follow. Mm. The carriers have ensured that. They'll go anywhere to get some of that blood. If you build it, they will gank. Arson, hop in. <laughs> that is very true. I, all I know is I want to get out there, get a voice comms request, and then hear, Arr, welcome to Pyronia. <laughs> 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 Fucking awesome. Right on. So we'll we'll see where that goes, but... For those of you out there who are like, wait, what? What the hell are you talking about? Look for 3305 or 2019. You can go through the Galnet uh, archives and pull up the articles from March, April, and May of 2019 or 3305 about Zachary Rackham or Rackham Capital. And you'll see lots of cool stuff there. Um I don't know what the system name is. They they said it in the in the article. Actually, I think we're going to get to it later in the episode that it's it's written down. I just to me, I immediately saw that and I was like, "Wait, what?" And I want to call out Wintermute in from the chat who was talking about the fact that there was a 17th century pirate, very very famous, John Rackham, that was known as Calico Jack. Um and I would be willing to bet any amount of money that he is the inspiration for Jack Rackham or sorry, Zach Rackham. So yeah, look into that. Um, we'll see where it goes. It's very, very interesting. I have to say that uh, again, a huge salute to frontier for sort of the layered, very, very intricate story that they're, they're the tableau that they're weaving and the sort of like they're planting all these seeds that will come to fruition later so it's super super interesting and calico zach was listed in the article uh in the actual article in in uh um galnet so yeah that's definitely an inspiration there and yes, the system was hip 58832. So I had to 
look real close to the screen there because my vision is blurring. Let's go. All right. Next up, let's talk about. Uh, next up, we've got the Odyssey AMA. There, so this week they did a little different thing on the AMA they've been doing. And again, <laughs> I don't know. I sound like a dick when I say this, but like last week we were like, you know what? It would be better if you guys opened a thread, say on, you know, Monday, Sunday or Monday, because the way they've been doing it is they open the thread, go live for like two hours. That's in the middle of the workday in England time, in the middle of the morning in America time, and then close it. And as a result, you end up with five or six people that are just happen to be online cruising the forums at that hour, hour and a half, that they ask like 10 questions. And I, I think it's a little suboptimal. So I'll repeat what I said last week. I think it would be better if they opened the thread on maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe, or, or Monday, Tuesday, close the thread, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, close the thread between Tuesday and Wednesday at some point in the afternoon, sort of collate all the questions, weed out the duplicates, look at which ones they can answer, actually have some time to go to the dev team and get maybe answers that answer something as opposed to sort of fluff of like that looks interesting we'll look into that pr speak pr speak pr speak like it could be i think done better this week because of the thread that they had set up and other things that were like hey what we chose to do this week is just troll through some of your previous questions and get answers or 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 choose which questions select which questions we're going to ask and look to get answers so right off the bat let's look at the first one will power play see any changes in odyssey power play will be discussed at a later date now i'm going to point out i know that that sounds like a non-answer answer but they chose to address that question and then said, we'll talk about it later, which to me says it's a thing that's going to be at some point in the Odyssey. Now, maybe at Odyssey launch or maybe two, three, four months down the line, but it's a thing that is already scheduled as we are addressing this. Uh, you know, will there be a helmet HUD in Odyssey? Yes, please see our post here for details. They show a little HUD. They had a post where they explained last week about the HUD stuff. Will you have some kind of holographic personal display to read information when you are on foot? Yes, your suit will have similar functions to your ship. More on this in the future. So I think what they're saying there is like, will we have a look left to this tab, look right to that tab? Obviously, it's not just looking left and right in FPS mode, because that would mean that you're pulling up menus when you're trying to look for people to shoot. But there's some way, a menu system for the FPS play that will bring up other pieces of information. They will give us information about that in the future. Um, will we have the avatars in Odyssey that are more, it's just, I'm gonna paraphrase. 
can we be tall or short or fat or skinny? And they're saying like, you're going to have lots of customizations, but not taller, short, fat, or skinny. Which to me is uh, like, huh, okay, that's weird. But I would think that they would have included that, but they they chose not to. Okay. In Odyssey, will our helmets have night vision mode? Uh, same as the SRV and ship. Well, they've already showed us the icon for it. So I would have said the answer is going to be yes, always. But here they're saying, nope. They're saying suits will have various functions. Players will be able to unlock and upgrade, including night vision. So night vision will only be sort of available, I guess, if you get the module for that. It seems like they're saying here. Um, Roy, hop in on the tall, fat, short, skinny thing. Well, I guess the thing I agree, that was... That feels like a very interesting decision because if, um, as we'll get into, if it's a short list of um, suit types and there's a meta that develops around how you equip your character, um, one of the things that I think is really fun in a in a on foot portion of an MMO is how you dress your character, fashion frame or whatever, and mm. you know not being able to change those aspects really takes out a lot of dimension of. You, you know, I, obviously, it changes how you can put armor and models, and I understand it would severely complicate things. Perhaps if you had different versions of things that had to scale for a person's size, but mm, I don't know. other it's MMOs a, have answered that very, very. Yeah, I mean, it's not impossible by any stretch, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Okay. The, um, you didn't touch on this one in particular, but the other thing I noticed the the one uh, answer they gave about overhangs. I felt like they were trying a little too hard the way they answered it. Like, (laughs) the question was, can the new terrain system generate overhangs? Unfortunately not. However, we think you'll enjoy the vistas that our planetary tech will provide. That's like, okay. Yeah. No, I understand that. Tell them what your parting gift is. Yeah. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. We were going to get to that one next, but let me, let me deal with first. Jez has a question on the original thing and then I'll get to that one because I think there's a reason for that. Jez. Yeah, so um, the the terminology that was used is unlocked uh, when we're talking about night vision, right? Mm. And and I got to thinking about it, and if they're trying to appeal to FPS gamers, I honestly do have a strong feeling that we're looking at some kind of talent tree system for suits. And I the reason I'm saying that rather unpopularly is because let's face it, engineering didn't work um, the way they originally planned it. If you remember how it was, the go get, you know, it was all very luck based and they had to change it with material based uh, traders. And I'm getting the feeling they want to do something different. And I'm just getting this strong, overwhelming feeling that our, our suits are going to be customizable, but we're going to have to go the old MMM, MMO uh, route with it. With That's like, interesting. Unlocked. I will bet you a dollar right now that. I, 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 it's interesting. I hear what you're saying. And I think that that would be a way to go. I bet you a dollar right now that you're dead wrong, that they're going the engineering route and that the, uh, and that the night vision is going to be a part of that, that you unlock or have a module or whatever. I think, I mean, it's, it's interesting, but I think based on further answers that we got later on in the show that we'll get to it, I think. It's going to be engineering, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, all right. Whew. Let's go to the overhang part. 
Can the new terrain system generate overhangs? Unfortunately, no. Yeah, this exactly. I agree with you 100%, Roy. This sounds like uh, this sounds like PR bullshit speak. But I think that there's a way that you can interpret that where it could be PR bullshit speech or it could be meaningful. And here's why. The system that they have that they do the planet tech with is a height map system. Height map systems don't have sort of a built-in way to do overhangs slash and for some people they might be saying who cares about overhangs well because overhangs are needed for caves and so that's important however let me point out that we don't have overhangs now we don't have uh that we don't have caves that are part of the height map system now However, you can create a POI, a point of interest, anywhere on a planet. And we have already cave systems in planets or tunnel systems, i.e. the Thargoid bases, which are tunnel systems in planets. Mm. But those are created through POIs, point of interest. So mm. I can have planetary tech that has no room for caves, i.e. my planets will never automate generate whatever caves. However, I can say, here's a POI and put this in on a third of the planets out there and literally create tunnel systems. And but it's a, it's a, I, I understand that it's like we're getting into the real minutia of like, what, what the hell are you talking about? The system, the planets won't automatically have caves, but you can handcraft five or six caves or a dozen cave systems or tunnel systems tie those to a poi and just tell the planet tech input this poi in spaces where it would fit so it's a distinction sort of without a difference but kind of with a difference it's it, we're getting way 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 deep here so hmm, it's no, interesting it's interesting and we'll, we'll see where it goes uh jump right to i'm gonna skip i think i sort of answered tweaked and jess's points on those last ones and arson is just talking without i think having a point so we're gonna jump to boss lady b oh no uh so what i was gonna say is that as cool as it would be if they do pois kind of like you're talking about the thing that i hope they don't do is kind of only have five different variations hopefully there's a, a an element of random because once you've explored like a geyser site or a brain tree site you've seen them all right mm. so as an explorer it would be really lovely if there's some level of randomness and there's a reason to go into those caves not and just like mm, eh. no you're right and there's there's nothing to say that so they can generate automated content that could make random caves and just time to the POIs. They just mm. can't generate automated caves and time to the height maps. That's a very, it's, it's, it's mm. minutia, but it makes the whole galaxy of difference. And I am an asshole who knows very little bit of, of, about computers that is just talking about and, and code that's talking based on the stuff that I've gleaned. Arson is way smarter on code. So we're going to bring him in now to talk about that thing about the overhangs go yeah so i, I want to say that the overhangs conversation that's actually a really important one and i'm happy that frontier chose to pull that question into that odyssey q a because mm. one of the things that they were talking about when they first started giving us horizons uh, dlc and 
talking about planet generation and how these bodies are created is they're going to be going as far into depth as possible. And one of the things that they did mention previously uh, was things like overhangs, uh, mm. things that are created by uh, wind and water erosion, those kinds of effects that create uh, certain surface features. Now, them saying like that like Linnae and palimpsest. Uh, correct. Yeah, that's along the same vein. So those are definitely in that kind of erosion category. Um, overhangs would have been fantastic to see because when we do get the overhang feature in the planetary generation engine, what's going to be awesome is that means we won't be too much further from things like Earth life and water worlds and things with bodies of water and lava and stuff moving around. I'm not surprised that they said no, but I think that they pulled that question because overhangs is something that we will see much further down the road when we get those kinds of planets. So, I mean, let's keep in mind that, that these questions. Yeah, let's keep in mind that they chose these questions to highlight. This wasn't a matter of they had them. This was they said, no, nah, we're not doing that this week. We're going to choose questions previously asked and answer those. So yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that it's it's telling that they included that. Jez, you had something to follow up on Boss Lady? Yeah, um, POIs, right? So she covers it exactly the, the way I feel about it. But one thing to enhance what she's saying that they absolutely have to do is see it so that, one, they make it worth going to, other than just eye candy, uh, because the codex system is cool, but you don't get paid anywhere near enough credits for visiting them. But the other thing that's real important is they've got to, got to not use POAs like stickers like they currently do for me. Uh, we're talking about planets that could have life, and it just doesn't seem realistic that you'd have, okay, biologicals more so than geologicals, that you would have these clusters around the planet and just have so much nothingness in between. So I'm hoping that that's something that they'll look at, if not already looking at well let's keep in mind from dev diary 2 of the five or six locations in every station that they showed us one of those systems was the genomics whatever the fuck so like it's a major thing i think you're right it, it is a major thing and i think they're giving its due respect uh for the cast behind the scenes that was worried that i had four drinks going i am have now killed all of them i only have one drink going and then is, is that an improvement I, I now have two drinks going sorry uh all right let's move on to the next point now um what are the plans for networking in odyssey will it be 2pp whatever the answer was like no we're of course we're going to keep doing the p2p structure so that the experience is seamless for players oh, i understand wait 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 Hold everyone. I'm not taking any dots on this. Hold your hold your shit because I'm just going to say flat out. Just relax. Of course, it's still going to be P2P. This is, again, a marketing bullshit answer. Don't get upset yet. There's an answer that's coming later that will make you relax your sphincter just a little. So, like, hold on. I understand that it seems like they're as tone deaf as can be with this answer. It's not as bad as you think it is. Just wait. All right. The next point. Um, could you elaborate on the gravity? This is actually worrying for me. Um, and here's why. <sighs> With regard to this, they're like, okay, this, they say like, oh, there's a limit to how many 
uh, G's will let you get out on planets on because you know there's some places that the too high a G it would just crush you it, you couldn't move around it would be it would suck okay I get that 100% thumbs up big big yay for me other planets where it's lighter G which we know there's many many planets where it's like you land and it's like 0.18 G 0.04 G whatever that's awesome they're like yeah you're you're actually your jump is going to jump way farther and your grenade is going to throw way farther awesome 100 i love you that's a great answer very worrying is this part um for outpost whilst we're in zero g we use magnetized boots to keep the player on the floor here's why that's worrying to me i feel like you just saw the expanse and said like yeah we got clicky boots hand wavy them turn your brain off that answers everything oh my god that's so worrying throughout the entirety of the game of elite dangerous david braben actually was interviewed and made multiple david braben and michael brooks both in interviews have famously said we wanted to make a game we wanted to make a world that was scientifically accurate we had to accept one lie the lie was faster than light travel we had to ex we had to accept that you could super cruise and do 800 times the speed of light or whatever the hell or that you could jump through hyperspace to get to another star system we just had to accept that as part of making a good game so we swallowed that and took it on the chin but every other point through the game we were slavishly true to science and how how things like this would work it scares me that they're turning off their brain and saying oh we got magnet boots because i saw it on the expanse because if i go to an outpost that has zero g like that's why they made coriolis effect for the other the bigger stations because they specifically said like that's why it rotates because it creates gravity Mwah. I love you for that. That's beautiful. That's science. That's real. If you say, I go to Hutton Orbital, which is a little tiny shoebox outpost that has no Coriolis effect because it doesn't rotate. And the answer is everything is exactly the same in the store and in the bar and in the everything else because, oh, grab boots, hand wavy him, disengage brain. Now you pissed me off because... I'm looking down at a drink in a glass and the, 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 the liquid isn't just sort of floating up, which is what would happen in zero G. I'm looking at plants that are not set up in a way so as to handle zero G watering and zero G like it, it, it would just be fucking floating. If I go to a, 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 a outpost and a mission giver is sitting behind a desk and he's got a fucking pen and paper sitting on the desk and they don't just float up. I'm pissed off because you've failed to pay attention to the details. And I feel like the game was based originally around people that paid attention to those details and were slavishly to it. And then we we subsequently had people shuffle out and people shuffle in. And we have things like the fleet carriers, which embarrassingly, when asked... Hey, how come the fleet carriers, you can see spots where there's just tons of fucking cargo piled up and they're not like strapped down or 
anything. And the answer on air on Lave Radio was, oh, that's the art department's problem. Like, wait, what? Seriously? I would much prefer, even though I wouldn't like it, I would accept it if they had a Galnet article that said, hey, by the way, we've come up with a anti or, or a grav system that, but it requires a lot of power. So we're not going to do it in the Coriolis stations because we already set up a system for that for free, but we're going to spend extra money, wink, wink, on this grav magnet system or whatever the fuck in these little stations. I, I wouldn't like that, but I would much prefer that to me walking through a system and you just tell me, oh, it's because of boots when I can still run in that system and jump. Like you can't jump if you're using mag boots. That's not how science works. So while I would not like them to hand wave and say they've created some gravity system, I would swallow that better than I would them being just blatantly inconsistent on how science works. I hope to God, it, I don't have proof that this is done wrong yet. We'll see. Maybe they have an answer and I will say, oh, that's nice. All right, cool. Awesome. But we'll see. Uh, Roy, you had the first thing on the gravity. Yeah. Um, uh, there was something else that bothered me in that one, a slightly different thing. It was the first sentence about having an upper cap where it would not be safe for commanders to deploy. Um, look, one of my primary activities is exploring, right? And if I come across a 6G world and I want to land my ship on it, as it stands right now, that's a bit risky. And I have to decide whether I'm going to try it or not. Um, and I could quite easily pancake if I go a degree off a parallel to the ground. Why do we need to have... Uh, you know, uh, training wheels on a system that okay. prevents me from stepping out. Like I should, it sounds crazy, but I should be able to be stupid and die. Why, yeah. why, why do they need to protect me in a high G world to deploy? If I, if it's too high, I step out, boom, I'm dead. Okay. Lesson learned. Why do, why do they need to have this sort of nanny mode? That's a way to go. I, I see what you're saying. Tweaked. Yeah, I, I'm, I go the other way with this. I don't know really what you're expecting or what you want. This whole gravity thing has kind of been sticking under my craw for quite some time now. To me, this isn't hand wavium. I've heard other people say that. Mag boots have been around a whole lot longer than the Expanse, for example. And they do exist in real life. Did you hear anything else that I said about the if I look down at a drink in an open-faced yeah. glass, yeah. it's a problem? Yeah. We don't know for sure we're going to have a bar in the tin can stations. We don't know that we're going we to have a way to have that locked down. That I don't know. I, that, you're right. That I don't know. And if they do, I'm saying openly, if they do, I'm, I'm then I love you. That's awesome. But, but what I think you're getting at here is you would much rather have, and I've heard you say this multiple times, EVA. You'd rather grab on the walls and pull yourself through the station. And I argue to the death that that would be awful gameplay. And I would avoid all tin can stations after doing it once or twice. They have to come no. up with some way to do gravity so we can walk through these places so that you you have walked that fine line of realism I, and fun gameplay. I literally just said I would be okay with it if they put it in a Galnet article with them saying that they came up with a way to do that. I'm just saying, give me an, give me an answer that I can accept 
don't expect me to be stupid and not notice that the sky is falling. Well, that That's one, all. that one I would actually be more okay with. I've been, I've been See, on the yeah. record saying that it, we're thousands of years in the future. We sure. have faster than light travel. We should sure. have artificial gravity, and that would go a long but, way towards but, making it for when we have ship interiors that but, we can walk around our ship. But it's expensive, and that's why they don't do it on the Coriolises because they already figured out a way to get it for free. Right. Yeah, I agree. Put it on the auto okay. Arson, grab boots, outpost gravity, go. So I have a couple uh, quick points. Uh, the first one on the upper limits. What about like Akinar Six? There is a base there with windows. Like people live in it. Am I going to be allowed to walk there? Um, and then on the outposts and what have you, when I watched episode one of The Expanse, and no spoilers here, but there's a scene near the start of the episode. <laughs> on the ceiling. Yeah, where there's people walking normal from the I, camera I perspective and, and people yeah, coming back the other week. way. And it's like, that is freaking cool. I hope we get something like that in Elite. I totally personally dig the idea of mag boots, but I did like the point you made, Kai, about... I don't want to see people bunny hopping through an outpost. That doesn't make sense. I also don't want my footsteps to sound like mag boots clunk, everywhere clunk, I'm clunk, at, clunk. except clunk. for stations where I'm actually using them. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've got a phenomenal fucking sound team. Use them for this, then. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the, the, the last thing, though, is I, I don't want to see artificial gravity hit. I really don't. Okay. But I do I, want to be able to that, turn off my mag boots in an outpost in... Move around you're not with... getting that now you're not getting that right now that eventually, is the thing that i, I think they're it. working on eventually and i would love to see eventually but not right now jess yeah when it comes to gravity i from a game design point of view i just think it is going to come down to something that relies and focuses around the suspension of disbelief um i don't know i think what you're saying about the quote-unquote cg to add these gravity Systems would be a cool idea, and mag boots would be a cool idea, but I don't think we can have it. Wait, CG? I didn't say anything about a well, CG. Well, I'm alluding to that could be a CG. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> you know. Oh to... no! I, if they were going to do it, they, you can't do yeah. it. You you absolutely can't do it as a CG, and here's why: there's fifty six thousand plus <laughs> systems that have or stations or whatever many the majority of those are the little ones not the big ones you can't do it as a cg because there's no way we do it either do it as a galnet hand wavium mm -hmm. or do it as showing shit strapped down either of which i'm okay with just don't not answer it and then have me sitting at a bar looking at my drink in an mm -hmm. open face glass in a zero g station and have me say like this is fine because it's not don't don't put it past the ed player base but you're absolutely right on yeah i understand that yeah that's a lot of stations one one thing if you don't mind about gravity not to be so self-pluggy but but it may interest people we talked about what we know about the gravity that's come out on the video so far we are working on a project with ed astro at the moment and igau intergalactic astronomical union where we're actually going to be running the numbers and coming up with as accurate a prediction as possible for how many additional landable planets they're going to be based off of the gravities that we've seen on all of the videos so far so uh, we, we're real committed to the gravity <laughs> yeah okay well keep us keep us in touch on that so the next question with odyssey and with the new gear will we get more storage will you increase the storage limit for our modules 
No plans for that at this moment. Big oof. Big. Bum, 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 bum. That's a miss. Fix that. Next question. Uh, quick question about the lighting changes. Odyssey update. But basically, will the lighting changes go for everyone or just the people that upgrade? Everybody gets it. Big thumbs up. I love you for that. Fucking that great answer. The planet tech, also they've said, goes for everybody, even if you're not upgrading. I love you. That's beautiful. Will there be a possibility of mining on the surface of planets of Odyssey? Whilst we are not looking at mining on foot at this time, you will be able to visit small mining settlements. The very first... agree on that one. The very first dev diary... David Braben, um, along with two different devs and multiple community managers, looked straight into the camera and said, we've brought all of the game loops, we've transposed them from your ship to on foot. Um, here's a hint. The biggest game loop that the entire player base has made over the last two years is fucking mining. So... I'm going to go on a limb and say, no, you haven't. Um, all right. Go ahead and bring in Tweak to disagree with me, even though you're wrong. I might be wrong, but I will die on this hill, too. Fair. Be mined by the tons. How many tons are we going to be carrying on our bodies? You are absolutely, not, not you're absolutely right that that is a whole different thing. In reference to that, let me point you to both Star Citizen and No Man's Sky who have ultra rare, super valuable yeah. items that you mine with your little fucking hand tool gun on rocks on a planet and you end up with a pound of something that's worth more than a ton of the other low grade shit that you get from a ship. Yeah, that. Yeah, there's I, a mini I don't game care about it. that one bit. I think what we're going to be doing, it's not going to be mining. It's going to be materials, materials for the new engineers. Okay. I get it's you. not categorized as mining. All right. Uh, and then, Roy, I know you definitely have a point on the bio thing, and I well, agree with you. Yeah, like this is threading off what you just said. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd make the distinction whether this is technically mining, but I agree there's going to be um, things that you collect, and whether mm -hmm. it's a rock or a, a strange-looking piece of goo or whatever, it they make they may tie that into uh, engineering. Uh, they could tie them into other fetch quests. Who knows what? But that's, um, gosh, this is going way back months now when we were talking about parallels to other to other to other uh, gaming uh, mm. systems. And mm. you know, the, the, I, I even heard this in in one of the the streams this week where they were they're basically referring to whatever the MacGuffin is that you're collecting. Currency. It's a kind of currency. Like sure. credits is currency. Engineering mats are currency. And there's other games like Warframe, for example, every, you know, whenever they've opened up a new area, they basically invent new things to collect. And mm. those are currencies. And just as the games you mentioned do, they also have ultra rare things that you mine with a little hand tool. And that's the way to do it. So you're not you're not collecting tons of things. You're collecting five of them or whatever it is. Absolutely. Arson. Uh, so my my thing was going to be somewhat along the lines of what Roy was saying is I, I'm totally down with being able to dismiss the absence of mining mining with collecting resources with your sampling tool and things like that and maybe other tools they haven't talked about yet. I just hope that 
along that manner. Like if I'm cruising around in the SRV on a planet's surface the way we do now, and I go up to a thing and I shoot it so that I can collect my little bits and bobs, I think mining in Odyssey should be being able to get out of my SRV, use my actual sampling tool, and extract a crap ton more of those resources mm. from it. Um, mm. So Good point. So not yes. so much... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, not so much mining, <laughs> mining. But if that's not the case, if we don't have those kinds of mechanics with it, then what other things are we expecting to be transposed that are missing? Okay. Jess? Um, yeah, mining missed opportunity levels over 9,000, like I say. Now, obviously, I I like what's being said about sampling, but look at the idea of having dangerous encounters. Now, I don't want to hark on too much about SC, but you mentioned Star Citizen. Yeah, you, the rocks it's, explode if you fuck it up. It's Yeah, it's one of the best mechanics I think they have in SC right now, is surface mining, and I think if you want to encourage people to feel the danger and get people to go down and trying to pirate other players doing it, you've absolutely got to have a high reward, high risk activity about extraction on the surfaces by hand or by SRV. But uh, if anybody is feeling like vocal about this, we've got to just keep letting Elite Dangerous know that we want it and not just kind of let it fizzle. I, I think... We have let them know, and I think that it will be coming eventually. Let's move on from this point. The next we've got on here is, will fleet carriers get interiors in Odyssey? We have nothing to add on at on at on this at this moment in time. I'm going to go ahead on a limb and say that this is actually a good answer that we should be excited by because based on other things you've seen, they have no problem saying no. They picked this question and they highlighted it and they basically, they didn't say no. They said, we can't talk about that yet, which to me is a huge, huge way away from no. This is, nobody brought this to them today to talk about. They literally said, we're going to pull this out of the pile. We're going to talk about it. And then... We're going to tell you, we'll tell you later. Jess. Uh, FC interiors has to happen. And I think it has to happen more than ship interiors. I want both to happen eventually. But from, again, a game design point of view, a lot of the core makeups of the FCs are going to be the same. For every mm. commander, they're the same shape, roughly, and everything. And to get a good sense of your capital investment, your 5 billion credits, they have to do it. So I hope that the ambiguity in what they're saying, like you said, is a hint of, like, we, we know. Arson. Yeah, I just want to say, I, I like that that's not a no. Um, yeah. I just worry that down the line, I don't want to walk around my carrier and be treated the same way that I'm treated when I request docking at my carrier. Yeah. Fair I, point. I want to feel like I own it. All right. Next question. This is the one where I told you, everybody, hold your shit from before. This is where it comes in. Can you tell us if Elite has had a large code refresh overhaul in preparation for Odyssey? There's a lot of new code in systems being implemented refresh for Odyssey. <laughs> now, to me... This is 
like, okay, yes, of course they're not going to change the general nature of the P2P. That they're not going to suddenly say, oh yeah, we bought fer server farms all over the fucking planet and like in each continent. But this is the thing. The, the previous answer that they gave, I think, was tone deaf and was, I think it should have included, yes, it's still going to be P2P, but with vast improvements, this is the vast improvements part of that sentence or uh, uh, that statement that should have been made back way up above. Are there significant changes to the camera suite for Odyssey on foot or off? So they're saying here for the first time, you're going to have the camera suite in Odyssey. We're also in the process of adding a vanity cam. So you're going to have extended camera suite, even better stuff. That's fucking awesome. Roy, you had a thing on the code refresh. Well, I mean, you reported on this a while back about the interview with Braben at the, the shareholders meeting where he was explicitly talking about redoing the engine. And that's the answer I would have expected to see for this question around significant uh, large code refresh. Hmm. That, that's what I feel was being asked. And they gave this kind of half half. And why not just say it or they're remaking the engine. That should be exciting. That's what they told the shareholders. Well, what they said was a significant refresh to the underlying code base. That's an exact quote. I remember it. It's burned into my fucking brain. And what they say here is there's a lot of new code and systems being implemented, refreshed for Odyssey. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a, you're, you're right. They could have said it stronger, but it's. Why hide it, right? Why, why look, try to tone it down? Why water it down? Because they have their own way of doing this buildup process. And I agree with you that a good chunk of it is completely inept. All right. Next point. Uh, will Odyssey have the same graphic impact as the current engine in terms of performance? Odyssey will be optimized to run on your current setting for Elite Dangerous. A lot of people have looked at that and said, wow, that's bad news. They're not giving us better stuff. No, you fucking idiot. They're giving you better stuff. But what they're saying is that if you turn all the settings down, you can still run it on your potato that currently runs Elite. That's brilliant. That's what you do. That's what WoW made a fucking trillion dollars off of doing, which is... We're going to service everyone, even if you're on a potato. If you have a phenomenal computer with a 3080 Ti, we're going to give you amazing settings. You've seen the videos. It makes you want to just skeet skeet. Yes, you're going to have, you're going to be able to run it on the old shit. This is not a bad answer. This is a great answer by a company who says, we know we have to service the masses. You already play Elite if you're listening to this show. You fucking know the list of the video settings. You've got a thousand checkboxes you can check. If you turn them all up, you're going to get an amazing, you're going to be in, you know, 2010 flying in space. If you turn them all off, you're going to be able to run it on a calculator. This is not bad news, and people that are making it seem like this is bad news are just missing the point entirely jez i think if they do announce anything like that it would be smart of them to announce, uh, announce it towards the end of the hype cycle because we've done it several times as players if they say they're thinking about something or they hint at something we create 101 different threads of what we think has been said as gospel for the game right but you know the thing about engines is a lot of people talk about engines and how it's like the holy grail of what's going to make a game great and it's one of the most inaccurately talked mm. about things sometimes so 
it's, it's important to mitigate expectation and just what an engine can and can't do for a game. Fair enough. Next point. Will, it, will we be able to fly other commander ships in Odyssey, whether it's by multi-crew or stealing? And they say, no, you can only fly the ship if you, you know, if if you're the owner of the ship. However, players will be able to deploy a commander's SRV or SLF in multi-crew. SLF has already been a thing. SRV is a new thing. Again, this is concretely saying that they reworked multi-crew, wing, all of that shit, which we've all been saying they needed to do. Now, they're not saying to what the full extent of all of those changes are. We'll see. I have a question like, what if there's a SRV that's they showed a picture in the thing from last week where there's an SRV just parked and there's three guys standing around and three ships. How does that work as far as who can hop in that SRV if it's empty already, if it's just sitting there empty, like, OK, how does that exactly work? This is interesting. Will we be able to hire NPCs in places normally reserved for multi-crew? No, this will not be a feature in Odyssey. See, this is a direct no, and it bums me out, but it is a direct no. So above, when they say, we'll talk about that later, that is not a direct no. What level of customization will players over the FPS weapon weapons have? Blah, blah, blah. Scopes, skins, sights, attachments, etc. Weapons will be able to be customized in a variety of ways internally and externally, from sights and suppressors that suit the player's playstyle and weapon to weapon skins that are purely aesthetic. More on this in the future. That is super exciting. I love that. That's saying that you can go to the engineers and get the exact kind of gun that you want as far as like it's got this piece, this piece, and this piece for my min-max purposes, but it looks fucking stupid. Now I can apply a game skin that looks sexy as fuck, and now I have a gun that does what I want it to do and looks how I want it to look. This is a thing that you've gotten in plenty other MMOs where you say, man, the, the best weapon for this class, for this raid, is this weapon, and it looks like dog shit. But I'm going to glam on a cool-looking weapon, and now I'm happy. Roy. Yeah, I'm excited to love my weapon. That sounds dirty. <laughs> that sounds dirty, and we're going to leave it right exactly there. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Will we have the possibility of a commander's name marked on planets and stuff? They've already answered this. I don't know why they chose to highlight it. Yeah, they've already said first boots on the ground will be a thing. This one here confuses the fuck out of me. Will a Horizons user in an SRV be able to meet an Odyssey user on foot on a planet with no atmosphere? We are looking at this at the moment. More to follow soon. That scares me because either one of two things is the case. Either you really don't know, which I don't believe, in which case, holy shit, where are you at with getting this thing out, this product ready? Or you do know and you're inept enough that you picked the question to answer and said, we don't know. I... I need to take a drink off of that. Uh, boss lady, go. So what that says to me is that they may create different instances for Odyssey users versus Horizon users, which is like, what? Well, and, and if they do that, what? let's be honest. What we have now is then PC users, right? Mm -hmm. 
Xbox users, PlayStation users. That's three groups of users. Mm -hmm. Odyssey users versus uh, non-Odyssey users versus Horizon users. Now that's six groups of users. Open play, solo, private group. Now that's, what, 18 groups of users. My head, no. Yeah, no. and I mean, what tells Odyssey better than being in an SRV and seeing someone else walking around than someone who has Horizons is going to want to buy Odyssey when they see that? So not allowing for that interaction would just be silly. And I feel like that we're going to get that interaction. I just feel like the marketing was super adept to highlight the question and then say, we don't know. Like, why would you say, I don't know? That is, you should know. And if you don't know, don't pick that question to answer. Uh, Jess. In my opinion, the smart money here would be to allow everybody the opportunity to walk on stations. I bought it up the first time it was on, actually. And the current Horizons planets, but restrict what the players who do not have Odyssey, what they can actually do. So you can kind of like, it, it builds on what Boss was saying about having that little teaser. You can walk around, but you can't do a whole lot. Um, I think that would get people kind of an idea of if they want to go forward and get Odyssey, and it messes, it, it gets rid of a lot of messing around. Sure, don't let non-Odyssey people land on the atmospheric planets, but the planets Horizons users can land on, let them walk around. Don't give them much to do, but get them, you know, get that kind of base game feeling behind it. That's, you know. Mm. Okay, I'm going to skip a couple of the questions here because I don't think that they add anything really super big to this discussion. Will we be able to use our current close Odyssey? Yes. Okay. If a player isn't into FPS, will that part of the expansion be optional? Elite Dangerous has always been about allowing you to blaze your own trail. Combat will always be optional for commanders. That seems to me like whoever answered that question doesn't understand how the game works because... There's plenty of times where combat comes to you and you have to run away. That doesn't, but it still came to you. It's not optional. You can't, even in solo mode, NPCs attack you. So, head scratch. Any plans to introduce improved anti-aliasing in Odyssey? We are not changing this engine. We are, however, looking at any issues, fixing them ready for launch. That goes back. So it's like we had a question that was like, mm, and then we had a question that was like, yay. And now we have a question back to. Mm. So I think this is classic frontier. We're going to give you as little information as possible and then pray that you hang on. Uh, Roy. Uh, yeah, I think Jez and, and Boss Lady covered it. I was going to mention the, the, the point about instancing. And I, I, I guess what I, the only small thing I'd add to that is um, even if it's not a low atmosphere planet, it, if it's just one of the regular uh, planets that anybody can, can land on, it, it, surely someone who uh, wants to participate, say, in a, a settlement attack can fly in with their ship while everybody else is on foot. And that would be a great teaser advertisement. Like, why would you leave them out of that? Uh, they should be able to interact, you think. Tweet. I just want to add a little bit of perspective to all of this. While we got a lot of great inf information here, I'm hearing a lot of disappointment and things that said no. This is just at 
launched. There are going to be a lot of things coming after launch with subsequent updates. So I don't really get I, everybody acts like Odyssey. What we're going to get at launch is just just another DLC. This is not just another DLC. This is like a whole separate game being attached mm-hmm. to the game that we already love. So I, I think we need to give them a little bit of credit and and a little bit of faith that down the road we might get on the ground mining. We might get all these other things that we're not getting right this moment. I, I think one of the things that people are trying to suss out, and maybe that's what was missing a bit here, is, um, and, and we talked about this in, in previous episodes as well, is how much of a stamp is FDev trying to put on FPS gaming? Is this just, you know, another module in a very comprehensive spanning on foot to crossing the galaxy game? Or are they actually trying to do something that is standout and they're going to have something unique around it? And so I I think a lot of these questions are people just really poking into all these corners to try to figure out, like, where's the special thing? Or is this just trying to have a minimally viable FPS shooter? Yeah. Um, I think... You like going back a little bit, like saying that I, it is going to be like okay. So this is Elite Dangerous launching again now that Frontier mm. are an established company. It's not the we're off the back of a Kickstarter launch. So I do get the feeling Odyssey is kind of going to be like, hey, Elite Dangerous, this is the start of the journey as far as Frontier are concerned as a company. But mm. what what you're saying there? Um, no, I've completely forgot my train of thought. <laughs> That's all right. I think I think we've we've covered pretty well this we've covered pretty well this AMA. Let's, this is how I stream. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to Dev Diary three. All right. So Dev Diary three dropped on Thursday, and it was called Dev Diary three Sphere of Combat. And I'm just gonna say this: it was a cute trailer, but it wasn't a Dev Diary. It was an absolute failure as a dev diary. It did not show one single bit of the sphere of combat, i.e. anything from ship SRV or on foot category versus the other categories in combination or or in combination with them. Uh, It gave not one detail about how the combat works, really the suits or stuff about the headshot versus the body, shots etc or how footmen ships and srvs or emplacements and defenses can interact um it did show the arc cutter which was very cool being used to cut to open an access panel that also had a new symbol associated on the icon tray in the bottom left so look pay attention to that everybody said the arc cutter people didn't pay attention to that little symbol so that shows me that the different types of suits depending on the specific things that they have available, are going to have interesting things tied to them. It did have an outstanding presentation of the audio department. As always, their their audio department is amazing. Uh, and, and also, as a note, God, I want to interview senior audio designer Dylan Vadamutu. That fucking guy, his smile lights up a room, and you can tell that he loves his work. And that makes him so genuinely charismatic. I like. I want to have a beer with that guy and talk about details and just hear him just go on and on and on about amazing shit. It did show 
uh, mini-map indicators that we've seen so far. We've seen green dots for friendly NPCs, red dots for target NPCs. Um, we've seen green triangles, also friendly NPCs, but some difference somehow there. We've seen red triangles, either a target player or a player with a weapon drawn. We've also seen hollow red triangles, which are... I, I, I don't know. There's some interplay there between the red dot, the red triangle, and the hollow red triangle. We've seen um, green rectangles, which they clearly have said uh, that represents a mission objective. We saw for a half a second there, <clears throat> a half a second of footage of a wreckage <clears throat> of an SRV, which is super, super curious. I'm curious, like, is that set dressing where that's just part of the scenery that's there? Or is that, was that an SRV that somebody rolled in on attacking or whatever, defending, and then somebody blew up? I don't know. So that is all super interesting. And I'm going to hold the points for just a moment because I'm going to continue and say that that video was an awesome trailer teaser was an awesome little video i'm not saying i don't like it i'm saying it fails as a dev diary in that the dev diary 3 we were expecting to be the meaty one that got into the details of these are what the suits do these are what the guns do this is how this works this is how that works it was meant to be a conversation where they gave a lot of details of information they failed completely to do that which would be a problem except for that's only half the story. The other half of the story is that five minutes later, they followed it up with what was, to my mind, the real dev, which was the conversation Art had with uh, Gareth, the developer Gareth Hughes or whatever, who is uh, one of the lead designers. And they answered a lot of those questions. So if it was just... Dev Diary 3 was released and they said, okay, that's it, go home. We would have all been talking about how they failed horribly, except for Tweaked, who loves everything that they do. But no, no, no. As a, wait, 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 no, no, no. Let me let me do. let me let me finish. Let me finish. But because they followed it up with the other thing, it's actually okay. Because the other thing to me was the real dev diary. The other the 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 thing that they called a dev diary was a te teaser trailer. The conversation that Art and Gareth had right after was a real de dev diary, and it gave good information. So now I'm going to go through everybody, and I'll give everybody their chances. We start off with Tweak. You disagree with me? Go ahead. I disagree a little bit, not on the point that the the quote unquote dev diary was light. It was light, but I would argue so were the other two so far for Odyssey. These I, I agree not with the you. Same dev diaries that we got for Horizons back in those days. I I hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with you that the other ones were well. Actually, the second one wasn't light. The first one was light. It showed a lot of planetary tech, but it was light on details. The second one gave a lot of details with showing inside of the bases, showing the different. You saw, you know, this is Frontline Solutions. This is. 
uh, uh, the, the, the store. This is the, the uh, fucking uh, uh, genomics. This is the taxi service. Actually, the second one, I, I disagree with your statement. The first one was light. The second one had tons of details. The third one was the one that we were, well, the, the combat one was the one we were all expecting was, and, and we said it at the time, tweaked. We said it at the time. We said, yeah, no, the early on, they're going to be lighter. As they grow, they're going to build to giving more in-depth, meaty answers on stuff. And I think that one was light, two gave meaty answers, three was a complete, complete failure to give meaty answers, but then was followed five minutes later with all of those meaty answers. So it's okay. Uh, in regards, three also was a little more resemblance of resembling the older ones with the the bit of the audio stuff. All of that reminded me much more of the old Dev Diaries, and I thought that was very interesting. If I remember Tweaked. correctly, Boss Lady and I were both talking about how important sound was going to be in Odyssey. Tweaked. They just they that. released so. tweak. They released a Dev Diary called Sphere of Combat, where there was not one fucking shot of a guy shooting an SRV or an SRV shooting a ship or a ship shooting a guy. They did they completely failed to show one example of the combat tr the triangle of combat that they referred to where people like ships, people and sh and and SRVs will all be shooting each other. They they didn't show that once in a thing called Dev Diary 3 Sphere of Combat. All right. Arson yeah, so I, I liked Dev Diary 3. I, I do agree. I would have liked to have seen some some actual combat triangle. Uh, one of the things that I have been fantasizing about ever since, you know, the, the beginning is throwing on a long-range turreted uh, high-yield explosive cannon on my underside with, like, whatever range mod it has that has, like, seven and a half thousand kilometers and sniping people from just outside the thing um so i would have liked to seen that i would have liked to have gotten some word on death mechanics um you know stuff like that i did like the extra little bit of footage of being able to see more than two seconds of firing at a moment mm -hmm. uh and and movement and things like that that was nice yeah uh, you're i right. still still would have liked to have seen like i don't know maybe an actual like single instance of a battle played out like with interspace commentary through it like one of the things the devs talked about was their favorite moment was flying over a base that was literally in the middle of a battle and mm -hmm. and instead we just get these little little snippets i just yeah, they, but, they but could I don't have know that I want to like see that. that until I walk into it personally i it's okay. kind of like well, seeing the best true. part of the movie all right, but it, it, I, I'm telling you, it was a beautiful teaser trailer. It wasn't a dev diary. So, Jez. I, I got a question, actually, for you. Do you think that had they not released the video for the Game Awards, which they were obligated to do so for whatever agreement they had with them, that you would have been more satisfied uh, with um, the oh, dev diary as a dev diary? No, because it still didn't answer questions. But I, mm -hmm. I agree with you. The fact that some of the footage was clearly rehashed from that that thing took away from it. And I mean, I, I think it's great that they did the Video Game Awards because that was a great commercial. Mm -hmm. And the video that they showed and Dev Diary 3 itself, those are great teaser trailers. Those are great things to get people hyped. 
that sort of don't know the game. It's just that we had specifically, we had all said, when, when they get to that one, like, yeah, they're going to be a little light on the other one. That one is going to go heavy. They're going to have details and it's going to be great. And they did, but they didn't do it in the dev diary. They did it 10 minutes later, which I, I know I might sound super salty right now. I swear to God, I'm not. I'm about to get to the things that I really liked here in the next part that came five, 10 minutes later. Roy and then Boss Lady. And then we're closing this one and moving to the next thing. I was just going to say, I might cut them some slack for this sort of weird presentation where they had the video and then the follow-up thing. Obviously, they had to make a video for that game conference, whatever it was. This could be a COVID thing where if they'd had more resources and people in the office, they could have made two videos or incorporated that video interspersed into the other video or something. Mm. And this, if, if, you know, this may just be uh art having the wherewithal to realize like people aren't going to be happy with this we've got to do this other interview and if so kudos and that may have been the best they could do one thing though i think they could have done better just saying is more showing instead of telling um like the bit where they were showing them firing real weapons and gathering the audio i'm thrilled that they did that I would have loved to have heard the weapons in the game setting rather than just see the video of them shooting the guns at, at Pinewood Studios. Like, show the footage. Like, actually have 10 seconds of here's some gameplay with the built-in awesome audio design and we're not going to talk over it. I think they missed a trick there. I agree with you in theory that that sounds awesome. As a person who's fired a lot of weapons, I can tell you that that blows out your ears and it's going to it's it does really shitty things for for a video to put out. Well, I'm not saying uh, let us hear the raw, unedited audio of shooting a gun. I'm saying let us listen to the game, whatever they used from that to make the gaming sounds, whatever the product is we're getting. Let us hear it. Mm, I would argue that they did some of that. If you go back and listen to the Dev Diary 3 itself, they literally you there there's parts in it where yes they're talking but they they you can very clearly hear uh there's part there was one part where i heard a fire going off and i was like i recognize it i was like that's a 762 nato round like i you hmm. can hear the difference between a 58 if like if you've got a 9 millimeter 10 millimeter 22 762 nato round 558 you yep. can hear differences and i i, I fair, out fair. i'm just i'm just saying as a as a tool as a marketing tool as a as a dev fair. diary if they just said okay we're gonna shut up now for 20 seconds and just watch you play let us watch you play a little bit of this like that would have been cool all right boss lady that is a great point roy you basically kind of said what i was gonna say but the piece that i always think about with things like this and i kind of said something in the chat is even if it was done in that that interview afterwards, where are people going to go look for the information? They're going to go yeah. look for the dev diary. And if there's not something also that's attached, like a playlist or something, you know, make it easy for people who aren't watching the live stream to access that additional interview instead of having to kind of like deep dive or hunt right. for it. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump. I got, we got to jump. We got to keep this because we're, we're already falling behind here. The next thing was the actual, where they had the, the interview <clears throat> and the interview answered all of the questions. Well, answered many of the questions that should have been in the first thing, right off the bat, they talk about assassination missions. They say, well, you could, you know, you have a mission to kill a target. You can either go with a full assault and kill everyone. But if that's a high tech, or a high security place, 
that's going to be a problem. There's you're going to catch a lot of fines and there could be tons of cops. You could get swamped, whatever. Or you could choose to use your little arc cutter to cut open an access panel and hack a data core to locate your target. Or you can scan NPCs to access their data codes and then use those data codes to infiltrate the base with stealth and, and locate the target. They're showing you that you have multiple different ways to accomplish that mission, which I find super, super interesting. Then after that, they talk about, well, there's these reactor core type missions. There could be some to power up a place and they give you a reactor core and say, go there and power it up. Or they could be some places to power down, go there, steal their power core. In which case you get the power core and then you either, you know, take it out uh, or put it into the, the place, the empty place, or you take it out, the, the, the one that's working. And <clears throat> that would either spawn guards if it's a working one, or you could spawn looters that you have to deal with if it's an abandoned one. Uh, they talk about passive scanning, which is basically looking at a target. It gives you level and information on the target to help you decide if you, you know, want to attack or not. They talk about the four different suit types. Now let's talk about those real quick. The first one is your Remlock suit that you have right now. That is just your in-flight suit that is, you know, your default. It's a viable as you wear it in the hangar and take it into the stations or whatever, because those are non-combat areas. So at that point, you would just be looking for looks and you might want to wear it because you like the look of it. But it is an absolute shit suit compared to the other three options in any way of usable combat or or trying to use it as something. <clears throat> the second type of suit is your Remlock Maverick. This is your utility suit. It's good for scavenging. It's got a big old backpack with an extra cargo space so you can hold more gubbins. You can pick up more shit as you go. It has a unique tool, which is the arc cutter that can cut panels away and reveals what's underneath them, i.e. mechanical access or a door. They talked about, the guy literally said, you could cut open a panel and hack into, use a hacking tool to hack into a database. Or you can cut open a panel and use some overload weapon to, or overload mechanic or thing to force a door open. It'll like open up even though it's locked. That's very, very cool. So that your arc cutter is going to be a thing that you only have in your scavenging. It's one of the tools that you have in your scavenging gear. Also, like I said, extra backpack space. The next one is the Manticore Dominator. That's your combat suit. It's geared around combat. It has tougher shields. It has more armor. It can equip two primary weapons. Any other suit, you can only use your primary weapon and your sidearm. So you have, you know, your rifle and you have your pistol. And you might use your rifle for shields and your pistol for armor and, and killing people or, or vice versa or whatever. Uh, but like with your Manticore suit, you can have two primary weapons. You still have the chance, I, I believe, to have your sidearm. So you could say, I've got my laser rifle to strip your shields. Then I switch over to my machine gun to take out your armor and to drop you. The third, you also get to carry more grenades with your combat suit. The third or fourth suit, really, because the first one flight suit, it, it doesn't really count in this, but it, it's technically a thing. Don't ever wear your flight suit out in a settlement where you could get killed or out scavenging. Just shit at all of that. The third suit is your Super Tech Artemis. 
Now that is your explorer suit. It's geared around sustaining you in the wilderness while looking for bio samples or points of interest or, you know, looking at the sites. I suspect they had, they didn't say it specifically in this interview, but I will bet you right now a thousand dollars. That one has the unique tool of the fucking plant gun, whatever that sample collector thing is. And they didn't say it explicitly, but I guarantee you that's the case. Your plant gun is what you wear in your, or what you get access to uniquely in your, whatchamacallit, outfit, your, your exploration outfit. That's the one that's going to have extended life support. That's the one that's going to have better jump range in your, your, your jump pack. That's the one that's going to have better, like, stuff for dealing with the wild, stuff for dealing with not other players trying to kill you. Um, then they talk about uh, your 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 weapons, and there's four different types of weapons, but I'm going to assert, and again, I don't know this for proof, but I am going to assert, based on clues that I picked up, that there's really three types of weapon, even though they said there's four, and, and, and I'll explain why I say that. I think, so they say the four types of weapons are kinetic, laser, plasma, and explosive. I think there's really only three, which is kinetic, laser, and plasma. And explosive isn't a type of weapon per se, as much as it is a modifier. And let me explain. There's different manufacturers for each. For the laser, it's Takata, and lasers are best versus shields. For kinetics, it's kinematics, and your kinetic weapons are best against armor and health, just like in your ships now. For plasma, it's manticore, and those are good for both shields and armor, but they're slow and they are high skill ceiling weapons. I think what you're going to see with those is your plasma slugs are going to kind of be like shotgun shells. You got to get up closer. They're slower. They spread out. We've seen a couple of different shots through the videos where you'll see what looks like a spray weapon. I think that's your plasma shotgun if you will <clears throat> and i think you know if i'm if i'm facing off against roy and roy's got a shotgun and i've got a rifle and i get to dictate the range i'm gonna kill roy 10 times out of 10 before he does shit to me with the shotgun because in order to be effective with the shotgun you have to be much closer but if you are super close and you know what you're doing if you're a good tactical fighter and you set your point and you, you know, you set up right around the corner of a hallway or whatever, and you blast somebody with a plasma shotgun to the face, you're going to do massive amounts of damage to both their shields and their armor in one weapon. That is awesome if you can set it up that way. Now, here's why I say the fourth one I don't think is a fourth one, but it's a modifier. Because the fourth one is explosive damage, and, and they showed specifically a rifle that was kinematics it was already the one that is the kinetic rifle and it had the rifle but it also had what looked like a, a a mini rocket launcher on the front it had little rocket propelled grenades if you look carefully at the part where it shows that it looks like that is sort of an add-on to the front just the same way as you had in the old 80s movies with arnold schwarzenegger or whatever he was carrying around an m16 that had a grenade launcher underslung onto the front of it. I suspect that 
as they showed the, the rifle was a kinematics, it was a kinetic, it was a, a bullet gun that had an RPG launcher or, a, you know, a rocket propelled grenade sort of on the front of it, a little rocket on the front. I think that what you're going to start off with is three types of weapon, a shitty laser, a shitty plasma, or a shitty bullet gun. And then you're going to go through, they're going to be cheap. You're going to go through the engineering process. And through the engineering process, you're going to have the option to add a rocket propelled grenade. You're going to add that RPG onto the base weapon. <clears throat> Time will tell. Maybe I'm wrong, but that is what I suspect. Um, it's. I, we'll 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 see as as things go on. Um, <clears throat> after that, they showed the grenade types. There's three types of grenades. You've got your explosive grenade, which is good against armor. You've got an EMP grenade, which is good against shields. Also, those two weapons can be used against other things other than just players. So you can use it to throw at a gun emplacement or an SRV or a parked ship. And, you know, obviously an EMP grenade will work better against the shields of those things. And an explosive grenade will work better against the armor of those things. And there's a third type of grenade, which you drop on yourself. You just like drop it at your feet. And it is a shield generator grenade. It will, for a short period of time, create a high-powered, very, very high shield level, like tons of armor points, shield around you. But it is a timed thing. So it might be drop it and then swap out your ammo or drop it and then, uh, you know hit yourself with a, 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 a Vitadine Nanomed's health pack or something, but it's a short-term shield mechanism that you drop on yourself. <clears throat> with regard to SRVs in a combat zone, about they actively, this is not an afterthought, they really want people to run over people and shoot people from an SRV that are on foot. And it's so much of a actually baked into the original thing that they actually had to go back and nerf the hell out of the AI because the AI was way too good at jumping out of the way and dodging and not getting run over. And they're like, uh, we want that to be a thing. We want players to get that super um, awesome moment of, I just ran over those four guys with my SRV. They, they tweaked it down a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm going to just wrap up this segment and then I'm going to open it up to all you guys for your questions. I'm seeing the dots for sure. Base defenses. They said there are point defenses that are set up with regard to incoming missiles. We already have that on some of those bases when you do those missions where you go to a base and you have to like disengage dis the power grid on the base. Those point defenses are absolute dog shit. I strongly suspect that they know this and they've tweaked the hell out of it. And I think that maybe doing those missions where you got to disengage or turn off the power system, I think those might get way harder because I think we might see just better point defense put in there in all the bases, but we'll see. Also, anti-personnel turrets that can help take out both people on foot and people in SRVs. We've seen those already in the parts where you walk through the thing and it says Aster's Hope and there's those Gatling gun looking things on each side. 
Anti-ship turrets that do a whole load of damage. They went out of their way to say that. We already know about anti-ship turrets at those bases where you do the planetary scans. They shoot you. You ignore them. Yeah, I think they buffed the hell out of those. And I think those planetary scan missions, people might actually have to do them in their SRVs the way they're supposed to. Because I think those might be getting harder. But we'll see. Loadouts will vary. <clears throat> uh, military settlements will be way harder to try to deal with than, you know, uh, a farm settlements, etc. Um, they said individual troops will struggle with SRVs, but three to six troops together will be able to take out an SRV fairly swiftly if it's poorly placed. With regard to engineers, we can now visit the engineers face to face. I do not want to meet Etienne Dorn. I'm glad that I have him <laughs> pinned at level five and I never have to visit that fucker. Uh, new engineers will primarily be now this is interesting they say new engineers will primarily be weapons and upgrade and and suit upgrades and modules etc to me the fact that they didn't say new engineers will be weapons and suits but they added that modifier of primarily i still hold out hope that we're getting more srvs and that those new engineers will be just doing something with those srvs as well otherwise it's a waste of adding an extra word there but we'll see can't re-engineer a weapon once it's altered. Need to get a new one. I don't... I think that's worded weirdly, and we'll see. I think you can change the engineering, but if you do, you're going to lose all the engineering, just like with your ship. If I switch my shields from high cap level 5 to augmented resist level 5, I lose... Or to level 1, I lose all of the previous whatever. But it's that's weird wording. We'll have to look into that. Um, they don't want the weapons to be throwaway. They want them to be slight increments that, you, you know, it's going to be a grind. You have to go just the same as you got to do your modules now. And I'm okay with that. <clears throat> they want you to love your guns. They're saying this is not going to be like Doom where you're constantly just pick up, throw away, pick up, throw away. You're going to, you know, you're going to be like Jane and in, in, in Firefly. And you're going to have Vera that you put time and effort into. And you love that. Awesome. And maybe you'll trade it for a crazy hot Christina Hendricks redhead if you if mal will let you uh then mm -hmm. outfit another model of the gun for different specialty perhaps etc okay cool um and they talk about similarly the same way with suits you're gonna so you're gonna have multiple you might have three different plasma shotguns and one set up with a a, a suppressor and or, or or three different kinetic guns and one set up with a suppressor one set up with a rocket launcher one set up with a like a sniper scope and like you use the different ones for the different things you might end up if, if if roy and i have a thing where we go through heists roy might be the laser guy and he's got three different laser weapons and he's in a combat suit and he's picking the two laser weapons best for that base and i might be the the kinetic guy and i've got two different bullet guns like there's a vast just there's a billion different ways you could do this. I completely love this. This is all very intricate. This is all, this is what I wanted out of Dev Diary 3. This was great. I love you guys for putting this in. This was all awesome. I just was really super salty when I saw the first part. And then after when I saw the second one, I was like, okay, I can relax a little. They gave what whatever. And the last thing I want to close on, they talk about, they ask him, what's your favorite dev moment? And he says, word for word, the first time he came into a combat zone and he was in the dropship, he flew into the dropship, the combat zone was already up and running. 
and the AI were all kicking off in the settlement. He knew it quite well. So like in this case, it's obviously the footage that they've been using in Astro's Hope. Uh, and he's talking about the, 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 the fact that there was a BGS conflict. So just the same way as you have a war zone now in a station and you look for a CZ and the CZ is in this spot and you go there and it drops you into the conflict zone and you fight in your ship for one side or the other. They're doing the exact same thing with these settlements where, okay, my uh, system, my, my, my faction just jumped into this system where it's, you know, that that shit is going. And then you say like, oh yeah, we're going to go in and do a shooty shooty war and we're going to do conflict zones over the next seven days or the best of four wins, whatever. That's fucking awesome. All right. Let me go through and see where are we starting here. Uh, we're going to start with Arson. Interview, Art Cutter, Inventory, go. Yeah, so I do want to say that the interview was definitely the highlight of the Dev Diary bit. Um, very happy with it. I will say there was a piece of information that led me, with, led me to have my first actual disappointment with the mechanic hmm. in Odyssey. What's and that? that is with regards to the arc cutter and the maverick suit being the only one that can use it. That really, really hurt my soul because I always have looked at Elite and the ships as being the direction that it's going is you have your ships or suits to be analogous. And you do whatever you want with them. The ships have different properties. The suit should have different properties. Being required to be in the Maverick suit in order to use that particular tool is extremely disappointing to me. I feel personally that if I want to use one of those tools, and I happen to agree, Kai, on the, the comment of, I bet you the science suit, uh, the Artemis one, you have to have that in order to have the sampling tool. I feel like that's definitely going to be the case, and I feel like it should be a little bit more like Planet Side, where you had an inventory, and in that inventory you had slots where you could holster sidearms, grenades, a primary weapon, things like that, and each of the different suits had different amounts of inventory space and hardpoint slots. I want to be able to, in Odyssey, rock my combat suit, but if I don't want, if I rather, if I want to have that arc cutter, or if I want to have that sampling tool, I should be allowed to and be like, okay, well, I have the combat suit, so I have two primaries and one sidearm slot. Well, I'm going to sacrifice my sl sidearm slot for the arc cutter. For We have to keep in mind the fact that, number one, some of the footage that they showed, because I watched it very carefully of guys running around and shooting shit, they had that same little arc cutter symbol in the bottom left, so... We don't know yet, Ar Arson. Uh, it could but they be explicitly that, said wait, 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 that wait. that is let me, restricted let me to the Maverick suit. Let me finish. It could be that you can, the yes, that the arc cutter is restricted to the Maverick suit, but with the modularity of what you can do with engineering each suit, it could be that you have to have the, ma the, 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 the scavenging suit to get the cutter, but you can engineer your scavenging suit to be super super bulky tanky or you could engineer it to be super maneuverable or stealthy they haven't they haven't mentioned stealth anywhere 
directly like how the mechanics of it work but we know it's there it was in the pre-order information and it was briefly mentioned in the in the interview so it could be that you can make a scavenger suit super tanky we don't know we'll, so we'll I, I, i'm not so much worried about making the scavenger suit okay. super tanky per se i'm more worried about being forced into a specific suit because i cannot play the stealth mechanics to sneak through bases without that arc cutter fair enough roy uh so i got a list of stuff here you want me to just hit on a couple do, we'll just do them all let's go all right um so one thing i thought was intriguing is um in the interview they were mentioning dropship and i don't think they were talking about the federal dropship they were sort of it was like yeah you know the dropship like they were mentioning the dropship like They've seen something that we haven't seen, and it's the dropship. And maybe it's just you're landing with your buddy, and you have to go through a landing animation and walking out of the ship. I would hope it's something more like, you know, jumping out of a helicopter that's just landed and the helicopter takes off, where there's some mechanism, whether it's that service you can sign up with and they just teleport you there, or there's an animation of you jumping out of a dropship. Or it, there's something there. There's something about a dropship. Yeah, there's a mechanic. I, I'd love to see that there's a ship that's actually meant for transporting people that they can actually jump out of the side of it when you hover near the ground. Like, that would be cool. It would be awesome um, if they used a federal dropship for that. If they opened up a mechanic on it. I guess the thing the thing I was hoping was it wasn't just, okay, you've got one multi-crew seat, so you can be a quote-unquote dropship for one other person. That doesn't quite seem to fit the concept. No, but. I think you're going to meet up at a staging area and then insert in via a mechanic. I agree with you. Right, the next. other thing was, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, talking about what's their unique stamp going to be on the way they set up FPS, um, all these shots, and maybe this changes if you can engineer advanced scanners or something, but um, unlike ship combat, all these times you see people pointing a gun at someone else, there's no highlighting diamond over the person's head or a, a sub-targeting of something. It's It's just, you're just shooting, and whatever's in your reticle is what's getting hit. So they've chosen a very clean... A very clean look for that as opposed to a lot of targeting aids there wasn't i mean to be extreme there wasn't like damage numbers flying off of people as you hit them like there's a lot of directions they could have gone with that they went for a very clean one so just to point that out mm. um as far as mission types one thing i was a bit disappointed about in the format of having this be an ad hoc interview tacked onto the video is i think you know he even mentioned he was doing it that morning of when they were doing the the other stream and uh, maybe if it if they had more resources, time, whatever, they could have talked about more mission types. They spent a lot of time talking about the the the, the very short list of like there was two mission types. One I would offer up as a suggestion um, that I'd love to see is a defense mission, like horde almost. You're there, you come in before the bad guys show up. You've been hired to defend someplace, and then wave after wave of stuff comes at you. Just a thought. Well, also um, keep in mind that that is going to be a very real mechanic in because they've told us there's conflict zones. So that's going to be you and NPCs either attacking or defending. So if you're on the defending side, it's you and NPCs defending, and it, for sure NPCs showing up to attack, and theoretically also players. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's splitting hairs. In my mind, the CZ from like a the the ship combat is you're flying into something that's already a furball. I'm thinking of you get to go in when there's nobody there, and maybe you've only got 20 seconds, but you're quickly picking out defensive positions and using the landscape or the structures or whatever, and then all hell breaks loose. It's minor point, but um, I'm wondering. We didn't see any melee combat, but they talked a lot about stealth and. 
in almost every game I've ever played, one of the stealth mechanics is you sneak up behind someone and choke them out or knife them or whatever. You're not popping off a gun. So I'm wondering how that's going to work. If there's some other mechanism there we just didn't see or because it, you know, it kind of is a, a hole in a stealth mechanic to not have some way to subdue someone if you're Arc trying to cut her to seen. the back of the neck. Maybe, maybe. Arson. Uh, tweaked had the relevant point. All right. Tweaked. Well, I was going to say, Roy, they did mention on the mission, a mission type where you have to restore power to a settlement. And mm -hmm. while you're doing that, you, they get raided by pirates and you got to defend the settlement there. So I think mm -hmm. we are going to get that kind of mission. Even better than that, they said that it. they didn't say you're going to get raided by pirates. They said you may get raided. I but, like the realism of, you know, maybe nobody shows up and you walk away and it's like, well, Okay, that was okay. Or maybe two people show up, or maybe 12 people show up, and you have to fucking figure out a way to tactically retreat. I like the unknown aspect of it, that it's not just, I like, there's certain, like, you do a World of Warcraft raid, and it's like, okay, we come around this hill, and there's going to be a guy to the left, a path are coming down the hill to the right, and whatever. I like the unknown. I like the the possibility that it could go different, different ways. All right. Uh... We we got to move on. We're way over on time. Uh, it's, I thought we were gonna. This was gonna be short. All right. So the next the next point, Commander Eagle did an amazing video called Lensing Effect. It's six minutes long. It's in the show notes. You've seen it already on the Dev Diary stream, whatever the hell stream that was. You've seen it in lots of other shows. But I don't want to not highlight it. I want to highlight it for sure. Go check mm -hmm. it out. Um, the next point, Commander Osashis put out the Napier Tower Climb in an SRV. It's four minutes long, played at one and a half speeds. It's an amazing video of him just in an SRV climbing up the wall and driving up the side of a building that's the size of the World Trade Center. It's like a hundred story building and he climbs it in an SRV. And it's amazing and you should go check it out. Uh, Terjan Starstone put out Tinfoil Guru, what they don't want you to know about the Colsack Nebula. 11 minutes long. He put it out. I think it came out just today. It's fucking awesome. And if you haven't seen this yet, for sure, go check this out because I think this is showing you some legit real stuff that's happening with the Colsack Nebula. I think that a lot of the points that he make here make absolute perfect sense and are phenomenal i love terjan starstone i love ascorbius i love uh you know it's it's terjan hawks uh uh wait hawkins josh hawkins and and uh 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 ascorbius and like these guys these the broadcast guys are fucking great they do amazing stuff and i just want to highlight that that video if you haven't seen it yet i think he does a masterful job of tying through a bunch of different threads and goes why is Sirius Corp interested in helping out these refugees? Why is, you know, uh, what is going on with the the, the attempted Lacon takeover by uh, Core Dynamics and now everybody's got their shit on sale? How could this tie to that, to this, to that? There's lots of things in there where it's like, oh, that is could be, that could be where the threads are going to come together. It's amazing. You should go see it. Moving on, and it's in the show notes. Moving on to Frontier News, real quick, we've got 
right away the forum post uh, they said okay we're gonna have the big anniversary stream trick shop happens we talked about it already we talked about the the q a ama thing already we the pulse wave analyzer fix we talked about the dev diary we talked about azure paint shops got fixed that's awesome um yeah uh let's see here after that roy i know you had something you just put a dot in on so go ahead and go with that and then go right into the galnet articles yeah, so uh, newsletter 308 came out today, uh, has some stuff on uh, game balancing, uh, obviously has the links to the uh, Dev Diary 3, um, Pulse Wave Analyzer, analyzer Fix. Um, also, just uh, uh, there was a nice shout out there, both for uh, Elite Week uh, in our past episode, and also the new Pilots Initiative, uh, Excursion to the Top, so check that out. Lots of, lots of neat stuff there. Absolutely. Um, New Pilots Initiative are absolutely amazing and, and definitely deserving of a shout out. So I, in go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say the in the Galnet news we had uh, four four articles come out since last week. Uh, first one was about the Core Dynamics funds takeover um, with ship discounts. Uh, interesting comment towards the end that maybe some ships we currently associate with the Alliance might end up as Federation ships. So I definitely want to check out that Turjan video to see like what's the where's that going. Um, another comment about uh, Rackham's Peak Outpost marks Galactic Zenith, which you covered uh, in depth mm -hmm. at the start, so I won't touch on that. Uh, the, the second one on the 17th, commodities delivered to build Marlinist colonies. Yay! I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually thought this might actually be another one that could turn into <clears throat> maybe a different version of a pirate bubble, because now you've got a, a group of, uh, you know... Uh, an enclave that includes regular people and may may also now be uh, harboring the, the the remnants of of a terrorist group as well. I, I don't think that it'll turn into a pirates bubble, but I think after you watch Turzan's video, you might have a different idea where it could turn into a Nova Imperium bubble. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Next, finally, engineers boost ship model module upgrading. So, uh, time to get good with your ship designs. Uh, if you had any any uh, designs on upgrading your ships, you can you can do it now for a lot less uh, materials, and uh, that's good. Uh, when's that good through? That's January good 7th. through January. Yeah, just seventh of January. That's so half the ships in the galaxy are on sale where you can get them for cheap, and while you're buying them, you can engineer them for cheap. What's not to love? I think Frontier knows. Like, hey man, we're going on our little Christmas vacation break. We're going to chill out for just a little bit and wind down for the rest of the year. Let's give something to do that will be fulfilling for them, will be rewarding for them. I think that's fucking brilliant. Well done. Very, very phenomenal. Uh, community goals. We had, we got to tier four out of five. We got to five out of five on the defense, four out of five on the deliveries. We just slightly, just by a smidge missed out on getting the full tier five. So there are going to be, because there's two new systems for each, there's going to be eight new Marlinist systems. Like I said, go check out that Turjan video and tell me what you think is going to be going on with that. Um, the There was another installment of the uh, Elite Racers. Uh, they, they did a phenomenal thing over the weekend where they, it was this weird, I was, I was there, I was, with them and watching uh live on the stream they did this crazy thing where you were had to just navigate an srv and get from point a to point b and no rules do it however the hell you want 
And these guys were like doing these crazy jumps and bouncing off of the side of buildings and whatever. Go check out the second installment of the SRV Scarab Mastery Challenge video. And then, so they do several of those and they time it to see, okay, who's in what spot. And then they finish it up with, based on how you qualified in the first bit, that's what placement you're in for the race at the end. And they do this crazy race that's just hilarious and phenomenal. We are going to skip real life science and go right to, uh, oh, uh, Tweak, do you have a tip of the week this week or do we want to save it for next week? Uh, we'll save it for next week. We're late. Right on. We'll go right to Roy's stories. Go for it. We now return to our Inara Commander series with Unisaka Shiro's Unbound Part 13, A Small Measure of Peace. And this week we introduce Commander Audaxius playing the role of Logan Valberg. There are a few populated systems between the Bubble and Colonia. Omega, Lagoon, Skaldai, and Eagle are the ones I recall. Nearest one is Lagoon. We should visit each of them and ask local authorities if they saw your girl pass through. Good idea, said Valberg. His Cobra was leaving the hangar of Coral City's spaceport. I'll meet you in orbit, said Zillard and closed the channel. When Valberg's pad reached the surface, he saw her ship launch from another pad nearby. She was flying a crate mark too. Her hardpoints were retracted, of course, but Valberg knew that she was armed to the teeth. He felt lucky to have a triple elite pilot watch his back. After a few dozen jumps through hyperspace, they reached the outskirts of the bubble where population density was low and crime was high. The edge of civilization is pirate turf, said Zellard. Always keep an eye on the scanner out here. A few days later, they arrived at their first planned waypoint, Amundsen Terminal was a lonely spaceport on Lagoon Sector NIS B4101, a desert planet on a tight orbit around a T Tauri star. Valberg and Zillard approached the planet and entered orbital cruise. Zillard's cybernetic eyes spotted the spaceport on the surface. Their ships descended on a 45-degree slope, emerged from supercruise, and performed a glide with thrusters turned off until the spaceport was only 8 kilometers away. So far, the trip had been smooth, thought Valberg, as he requested docking permission. After disembarking, they headed to the authority contact office. Yes, according to our logs, a woman named Sakashiro landed here a few days ago, said the staff while looking at the screen. And she did fly a sidewinder. Quite unusual out here, I must say. When did she leave? asked Valberg. Zillard noticed the excitement in his eyes. She didn't. She's still here. There was a medical emergency. The words alarmed Valberg. I need to see her. Can you tell me where she is now? She's recovering from surgery in the medical bay. Valberg rushed out of the office. Zillard followed and caught up. I wonder what happened, she said. He didn't respond. In the main hall, he looked around for signs to point him in the medical bay's direction. Over there, he said and ran off. Sakashiro was sitting at a table in the med bay's mess room. A few other patients were around, reading books or watching Galnet News on a screen on the wall. She saw a nurse enter the room and walk towards her. Miss Sakashiro, there's a visitor waiting for you at the reception. He says his name is Logan Valberg. Would you like to see him? For a brief moment, Sakashiro couldn't believe what she had heard. She darted out of her chair and began limping towards the door. Careful, said the nurse and tried to assist her. At the receptionist's desk, Zillard witnessed the reunion between Valberg and the girl that had brought him here. 
She was every bit the person Valberg had described. Asian ancestry, Sillard guessed, probably Japanese or Korean. The plain hospital robe looked like a kimono on her. Quite a contrast to Valberg's rugged appearance, yet it was clear they were made for each other. The girl's eyes told the whole story. Zillard couldn't help but notice the warmth, and she saw that the nurse had noticed it too. Valberg and Zillard spent the following days at Amundsen Terminal until Sakashiro's leg had fully recovered. Sakashiro sold exploration data to Universal Cartographics and used the money to cover her medical bill and her Sidewinder's repair. When she checked out of the hospital, she was wearing a white pilot suit. Ready to go, she said with a smile on her face. Valberg smiled back, then turned towards Zillard. Thank you so much for helping us. You have no idea how lucky you were to find her that fast and alive. Incredibly lucky, she replied. Looks like fate has given you two another chance. Don't waste it. In the early afternoon, the three of them were preparing their ships for departure. Sakashiro was back in the pilot seat of her sidewinder. She programmed her frameshift drive to synchronize with Valberg's Cobra. He was her wingmate now. They were going to Colonia together. Zillard was returning to Coral City. Sakashiro launched the thrusters and retracted the landing gear. She rose from the landing pad and waited for the mass lock sign to turn off. Then she entered supercruise. The planet behind her began to shrink. She noticed a bright light on her starboard side. It was the FSD wake of Valberg's Cobra. Hold on. I'm plotting the course now, he said. His voice sounded slightly distorted. The next moment, Sakashiro's sidewinder was grabbed and pulled back like a toy by a giant invisible hand. The starfield outside collapsed and narrowed to a tunnel. Sakashiro realized that her ship was being interdicted. Her right hand clamped around the control stick, trying to evade, failing. When she was forced out of supercruise, the attacker opened fire immediately. Sakashiro watched her hull integrity decrease rapidly. Various systems began to malfunction. A moment later, the power plant was offline. Within fractions of a second, Sakashiro's ship turned into a fireball, then into a cloud of debris. Her mind went dark before she could feel any pain. Valberg had lost her again. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> this, this roller coaster. <laughs> All right. I have faith, though. I have faith. We'll see. All right. We're going to wrap this up because we're way over on time, even though it's less than we've normally been doing, but I've been wanted to be even less. So community questions. Number one, what segments of Elite Week would you like added or you don't want removed in this restructure that we're doing? Question number two, your thoughts on Zach Rackham's new outpost at the top of the galaxy. Community question number three, your thoughts on the AMA, Dev Diary 3, and the interview with Gareth Hughes. And community question number four, your thoughts on uh, Terjan Starstone's interesting theory about what's going on with the Marlinists and this whole new thing and this, this, this new nation that may pop up. All right, we're moving right to state of the game and closing this shit out. State of the game, give me a number between one and ten. I'm calling it right now. State of the game is a nine. I think it's awesome. Roy? Yeah, I agree. It's a nine. Uh, it's all good, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving all this fun stuff we're going to get to do over the break. All right. Arson? Ten. Awesome. <laughs> Tweaked? I'll go nine and a half only because I can't pre-order on Xbox yet. Fair enough. Boss Lady? I am at a happy nine. Okay. Okay. And Jez? 
I'm at a very miserable British seven. <laughs> That's just because it's like way, it's like oh dark thirty where you are. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, but I think overall, if we allow for time zones, I think the overall state of the game people are feeling is a pretty strong nine, nine and a half ish somewhere in mm -hmm. there. So, all right, good deal, good deal. All right, uh, Arson, say goodbye to the beautiful people. Toodles, Roy. Fly casual. Happy holidays. We'll see you in the new year. Tweet. Everybody have yourselves a great weekend. Don't believe the negativity. We are heading into a great era of Elite Dangerous. Uh, I'm going to echo that. I think that things are good, and, and I, I am cautious, cautiously optimistic for how things are going forward. I'm trying to set trying to set some, some uh, sort of whatever but I, I feel like it's i think things are pretty good wk jess have a be safe happy and well over the holidays and uh I, as usual i feel victimized by tweak wow so rude so rude <laughs> he's so nice to you he's so nice boss lady b you got the final word say goodbye to the beautiful people Oh my goodness. Uh, have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Enjoy the holidays. Don't enjoy them too much. Stay safe and uh, keep it as classy as you can. Beautiful. Roy, place out. Thought I'd end up with Sean, but he wasn't a match. Wrote some songs about Ricky. Now I listen and love. Even almost got married. And for Pete, I'm so thankful. Wish I could say thank you to Malcolm. Cause he was an angel.
my ex 